I know that you hear our prayers. You are the God of hospital rooms and graveside services. You are the God who felt a touch in the crowd. You are the God who sees and knows all pain, infertility and illness, despair and death. You are the God of the hurt and the healing. So I know, I know, you must hear us today. So with open hearts and open palms, gracious God, we come to you with our joy and our pain. With joy, we give thanks for all the blessings in our lives, for the sound of children laughing on the lawn, for sunny days, for the hope a vaccine brings, for doctors and nurses, for baby pools in backyards and sidewalk chalk affirmations in the front. We have so much to be thankful for and we know that you are a part of all of that. And yet in that same breath, we also carry pain like Hannah in the temple who brought you her prayer. We desperately need your ears, your grace, your healing touch. So today we lift up to you all the hurts and pain we carry. For caregivers stretched thin, for those who have experienced a job loss or who grieve the loss of what their job once was, for increasing natural disasters, for all those grieving the loss of a loved one, for the pain of miscarriage and infertility, we lift these things to you. Holy God, we know, we know that you are listening. We know that you are here, for you are the God of hospital rooms and graveside services. Be among us, hold our hurts, heal our wounds, draw us closer to one another, and closer to you. With the hope of people who dream, we pray together using the words your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this morning, I am very pleased to introduce to you our guest preacher. Uh, he has a PhD in New Testament from the Lutheran School of Theology at Chicago and currently teaches religion among other subjects at Lutheran High School West in Rocky River. He enjoys cycling, running, board games, playing with his son Max, and making fun of Pastor Heidi's pronunciation of Greek and Hebrew words. And with our scripture reading from this morning, you can add me to that list as well. So everybody please welcome Matt Malott. Good morning. As Dana just said, I am Matt Malott, a relatively recent new member here at BUMC, and I am grateful for this opportunity to be with you all today. So, uh, how are you all doing? All right. Um, 
You know, I use that phrase or, or something like it, like, how's it going, all the time. Uh, I use it whenever I see someone, whether I mean something in depth or not. Uh, I'll ask the barista at Starbucks, how's it going, when I get a coffee, or the cashier at the grocery store, how's it going. To some extent, I mean it. I mean, it's a polite way to greet someone, and, uh, you know, I, I want to know, how's it going, a little bit, just a little bit. But I'm not looking for something deeper than an answer that's good or fine, thank you, or okay. I really realize the surface level of my question when I ask it to people that I pass when I'm running. I mean, it's pretty hilarious that I ask a question that could lead into a really deep, meaningful, minute-to-hour-long conversation when I often barely have time to hear fine things. Like, I'm running past, how's it going? And they're in the rear-view mirror before they can say more than five words. Now, I'm not here to go deeply into the way we greet each other or critique those ways or particularly critique my own ways. Don't want to do that in front of you all. But it's funny to think about some of the things we say that allude to a deeper conversation but never actually get there. In order to really understand how someone is doing, we have to go much further. In this series that we're looking at with Pastor Heidi, we're looking at what it means as individuals and as a community to ask what's going on in each other's lives, to go deeper than the how's it going. Last week, Pastor Heidi talked about hearing each other's stories. Where do you come from? And this week we are talking about where does it hurt? We've all known pain and suffering in our lives, from the emotional pains of losing loved ones or from broken relationships, to physical pains from illness or age. And we shouldn't forget spiritual pains of feeling distant from God or times of darkness and uncertainty. Today's story from 1 Samuel is a powerful story of pain, of Hannah's pain of childlessness. To recap, Hannah was one of the wives of a guy named Elkanah, and she was unable to bear him any children. Hannah would go on to have several children, spoiler alert, including a boy named Samuel, who would go on to be one of the greatest prophets in the history of Israel and to anoint the first two kings of that people, Saul and David. However, that doesn't matter at this point. Here at this point in her life, she has been unable to bear any children. In ancient times, as it can be today, childlessness could be a real point of disgrace and shame for a woman. And Elkanah's other wife, Peninnah, would let her know that. It was something that people tried to hide, and people still try to hide, on account of the stigma and hurt that can go with it. It's a kind of pain that people don't want to share out of the fear of more pain from others' responses. And Hannah is sitting in this deep pain from her childlessness, from her infertility. However, no one validates her pain. 
Her husband Elkanah diminishes it even when he says, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? And while they may sound like genuine questions, none of them actually are questions. They are all rhetorical. At the heart of these four questions is a patronizing statement that Hannah should not be sad. At a time when Hannah needs his understanding and compassion, Elkanah fails miserably to understand his wife's suffering. So when they're in Shiloh, Hannah turns to the Lord. She goes to the Lord's temple, and even in this holy place, she is misunderstood. Eli, the current priest of the temple, thinks she is drunk and tries to dismiss her swiftly rather than understand her circumstances. I mean, this is not what they teach in the seminary. I mean, just look at Pastor Heidi. Like, she would never do that. Could you imagine when someone is crying at the doorstep? So you're sitting there in the seminary class. Teacher says, all right, someone comes up to the church, they're crying. You know what? They're probably drunk. You should get rid of them. I mean, like, no. This is completely the opposite of the kind of response that you're expecting from a holy person. This is not the pastoral compassion that Hannah was looking for. However, Hannah is undaunted. Hannah shows her strength and her courage in being vulnerable enough, even in the face of this inconsiderate or hostile response. She shows great resolve and strength in confronting Eli's hostility and in speaking openly about her infertility. Hannah's strength brings her to openly speak of her pain both before the Lord and Eli. And this is what ultimately leads to her peace and recovery. For after this, Eli blesses her petition. And as the text says, Hannah went on her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Hannah finds peace in the very act of speaking her pain. And in God and Eli truly hearing her. So where does that leave us? Well, let's begin by taking some time to recognize our own pain. Let me ask you, where does it hurt? During our prayer time, we had an opportunity to think on some of these pains. Have you, like Hannah, been struggling with infertility? Or is your pain elsewhere? Have you lost a child? Struggled with depression and anxiety? Has work been overwhelming? Or did you lose your job? Are you struggling financially and can't seem to find a way out? Are you struggling with addiction of all kinds? Are you hurting physically from illness or the physical aches and pains of life? Are there broken relationships in your past or present that leave you hurting? Have you been hurting and no one has heard your cries? I want you to know that we are here to hear your feelings. I want you to know that you can leave any feelings of shame or disgrace at these doors. Know that your feelings of pain are valid and legitimate and are nothing to It is okay to feel them. 
so what can we do with our food? Hannah sets a great example for us. Take it to the Lord. Pray, pray, pray. We have a Lord who calls out to us and wants to hear from us in our times of need. Always take the things that lie heavy on your heart to God. God loves you. God knows you. And God wants to hear from you. God wants this so badly that God took on human flesh and Jesus walked among us and suffered an agonizing death so that he might never be separated from us. In this suffering, Jesus can empathize fully with your pain because he's been there. He was a poor carpenter who sought to love people and in the end was rejected tortured, and killed. So when you are in pain, do not hesitate to take that pain to the God who has been here and can walk in your shoes. As Paul says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Also, in community, it is important to be able to speak to one another of our pain. After the service, Jenny B. and I will be available for anyone who wishes to talk. Also, even though Pastor Heidi is not here, she is available throughout the week via phone or email wants you to reach out to her. Do not hesitate to reach out to any of us if you are suffering and want someone to talk to about it. Furthermore, it is important for each of us to look beyond ourselves to the pains of one another. This means that we make the time in our lives to go beyond the surface, how are you doing and how's it going? To ask, where does it hurt? This means overcoming the awkward and uncomfortable moment where you aren't sure you aren't being impolite. That's okay. You're trying to create space for someone to talk if they want to. And if they want to talk, don't follow the examples of Elkanah and Eli. Instead, listen. Quite simply, listen. Notice how Eli, once he stops being an idiot, does not need to solve the problem of infertility to be present for Hannah. And in the story, that was what Hannah needed most. In all the pain, she needed someone to hear her and validate her feelings. You can be such a person for others by taking the time and hearing them. And this is the kind of community where we can feel safe in sharing our wounds with one another. A community where we make that kind of space. And as a community, we are trying to intentionally create spaces 
where we can do this for one another. One of the key places where we do this is in our small groups. They are great places to share your pain with a group of people who will love and support you. They are also great places where you can listen to the pain of others. Last summer, I was able to be part of a small group talking about systemic racism. In that group, we talked about hard issues and points of pain in our lives and in the lives of others. It was a space in which we got to ask, where does it hurt? And openly share our own pain with one another. Being part of a small group is a great way to be present with and for one another. To share our pains and hear others. In the story of Hannah, we see a woman who was in pain from infertility and who needed to be heard. We too have various pains in our lives, whether they be emotional, physical, or spiritual. And we too wish to be heard. Know that you can speak about your pain here, in this place, before God and before others. And unlike Elkanah and Eli, we ought to intentionally take time to be with one another and hear one another's stories of pain. We are called to ask one another, where does it hurt? This morning's poem is titled, Where Does It Hurt? by Reverend Sarah R. I can tell that you're hurting. It's the way your eyes cast down, the way you shuffle through the house, distractedly bumping into things. It's the restless sleep and the quiet space between us, between us which turns us into icebergs. We float by, silent in the night, most everything existing under the surface. I can tell that you're hurting. It's the way your prayers were quick at first and then none at all. Your silence challenging God, daring God to say something to the void. I can tell that you're hurting and I don't know what that feels like. Tell me, where does it hurt? I am not offering to fix the pain. I am not that powerful. However, I am offering to see it. Show me your scars and I'll show you that you are not alone. Please stand as you are able and sing our closing hymn. Give in our 
build a sense of connection and curiosity, ask one another this question as you leave this time of worship. What is one way you care for yourself daily? Family of faith, as you leave this place, may God grant you the curiosity to counter assumptions, the vulnerability to befriend, the bravery to speak your truth, the wisdom to listen, the strength to ask for help, the resiliency to choose love, even when it's hard, and the awareness of the Holy Spirit always beside you. In the name of the great connector, love itself, go in peace.